The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. We'd like to welcome you to another edition of Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 1039 LI News Radio. And you can catch us on the LI News Radio app so you can take us wherever you go and listen to Spotlight on Long Island Schools. Spotlight on Long Island Schools is brought to you by the Nassau Suffolk School Boards Association, serving Long Island School Boards since 1959. I'm your host, Bob Vecchio. Thanks for tuning in each and every week to hear about some amazing programs and things that our students are doing in their schools across Long Island. And this week in our spotlight, it's a special issue segment. And we're talking about the issue of how to deal with students that are in a segment of our population that is struggling because, well, actually, better awareness needs to be developed on how to help students and support students that are either transgender or gender expansive. And we're talking about the LGBTQT plus community and how educators are trying to help support these students to reverse a troubling tide. And we want to welcome to the program the Assistant Superintendent for Human Resources, Dr. Michelle Rivers, and she's from Eastern Suffolk BOCES. Dr. Rivers, welcome to Spotlight on Long Island Schools, and I'm excited to talk about this subject with you because it's such an important topic that is misunderstood, misinterpreted for let's call for what it is sometimes political purposes, but we're about kids and we're about helping support kids and helping kids succeed. And we need to, in a environment of professional development and learning, teach us, you know, the best way to help support kids that are going through some tough times. So welcome to the program and thanks for taking the time out to speak to us. No, thank you, Bob. I'm, I'm really uh, honored to, to be here. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Like you indicated, you know, uh, People turn this into like this political hot potato. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm really uh, grateful that we're going to have this conversation for a lot of people to hear to raise awareness uh, regarding transgender and gender expansive students. So thank you for having me. Yeah. And this is this is nothing new. This is, you know, people yeah. have been, you know, kids have been doing things for a long, long time. It, there's a different attention paid to it. Obviously. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, certainly the expansiveness of the Internet and TikTok and everything else, you know highlights the good but also really sensationalizes the bad and it's the bad that sucks out all the energy sometimes so let's start off with what eastern suffolk boces is doing for its component districts and the professional educators island-wide yeah so so thank you for that for that first question so the new york state education department presented this new guidance uh, back in june of 2023 <clears throat> And our director of DEI, April Francis Taylor, came to us and said, hey, this guidance is coming out. We we should look at this. So as a cabinet, we, we got together, we looked at it and we said, hey, we need to come up with something to help support our 51 component school districts. And so we started having conversations. What would that look like? And so before we really wanted to do that, the cabinet wanted to kind of own it. So we wanted to unpack this document together understand it completely, talk with our administrative council about it. And then that's when we started saying, hey, let's roll this out. Let's see how we can help support uh, the school districts of our, of our 51 component school districts. And let's see how we can support these students have a safe and supportive and affirming environment. And that was pretty much how, you know, the, the idea uh, came about. And so, you know, we're, we're excited to offer the opportunity on January 26, uh, 2024. I think by the time this airs, the, the training would have uh, happened, but we're going to be uh, continuing this, uh, this work because we believe this work is important. 
So what are some of the things that you're going to impress upon the professional educators? You know, you have the mixed bag, right? You have yeah. the newbies fresh out of school and maybe a little more familiar uh, mm-hmm. with some of the updated terms and updated practices and, and or best practices, I should say. And then you have the veterans who, you know, may have struggle understanding and trying to keep up with everything. And, and again, these are new standards and, and new guidance that mm-hmm. is coming down from the state education department. So schools have to really be proactive in, in making sure that they're addressing these new guidelines. Otherwise, you could run afoul with the state and you try to avoid that. But what are some of the things that, you know, you try to break down in its simplest terms for somebody that's been in the classroom either five minutes or that's that's great uh bob so we we hone in so the the first thing we want people to understand and realize is that the new york state human rights law covers transgender and gender expansive students so any student that uh wants to come to school and uh, express their gender in a different way or has a different gender identity. That is covered under the human rights law. It was amended under GENDA, which is the Gender uh, Discrimination Act that was, uh, I think, put into place, I think, maybe four or five years ago, right? And so the human rights law was amended under GENDA. So we're going to be covering, you know, talking about that. We're going to be talking about um, these statistics that really highlight the necessity for these types of conversations. Um, For example, 41 percent of LGBTQ young people have seriously considered attempting suicide in the past year. So we're going to we're going to look at data. Fifty six percent of LGBTQ young people who wanted mental health care in the past year were not able to get it. Uh, And the data that I'm reading from is from the Trevor Project. It's their 2023 um, survey. We have transgender and non-binary young people who reported that all of the people they live with respect their pronouns. They reported lower rates of suicide. So it's about affirmation. So we're covering LGBTQ terminology. Uh, We're going to be covering case studies where people actually uh, amongst their thought partners that are participating, they're going to be talking amongst themselves about case studies that have come up, real, real live case studies. They're also uh, going to be creating um, an action plan um, after they conduct a self-assessment. And so the self-assessment could be from a teacher perspective. It could be from a social worker perspective or building principles perspective. So asking questions, for example, is do I or we place students in girls and boys line? A simple question, right? But do you really think about that in terms of inclusivity when it comes to transgender and gender expansive students? Does your employment application include options such as non-binary affirmed names or pronouns? And so giving people an opportunity to kind of self-assess And then I will guide them through creating uh, an action plan that they can take back to their school district and advocate for some of the things that we should be doing in our school districts to ensure that we're creating a safe, supportive and affirming environment for transgender and gender expansive students. So the statistics that you cited, you know, Mm -hmm. startling and sobering, right? Mm Forty one percent within this community. Uh, have thought or attempted suicide. 51% mm-hmm. have not received access mm-hmm. to mental health care when they have sought it out or wanted it. What percentage of students are we talking about? So I have two questions. What percentage of students are we talking about identify 
LGBTQT plus. Uh, and also the second question would be for the listening audience, uh-huh. you know, transgender we're familiar with. What is gender expansive? Oh wow, that's a that's a that's a great uh, great question. So let me start with the with the gender expansive. So gender e- expansive is similar to what we used to call gender fluid. And I don't know if you're familiar with the term gender fluid. So gender gender fluid is is someone that kind of teeters right that, 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 goes back that, and forth. yeah yeah not not necessarily b- back and forth but it um allows for this fluidity but i want to read the definition because i don't want to just say it without just kind of reading the definition for people um so gender expansive is a person with a wider more flexible range of gender identity and expression than typically associated with the binary gender system. So male, female, binary gender system. So often used as an umbrella term when referring to young people still exploring the possibilities of their gender expression and or gender identity. So for example, you could have a young person that is born male, right? So biological sex is male. This young person could uh, have a beard, um, but also wear lipstick, and also wear fingernails. So that is gender expansive. So there's some flexibility there. And that that young person may not identify as a may not use a male pronouns or female pronouns. They may use they them pronouns. And so that's where that gender expansive comes into play. Right. And, and quickly and before that, we that, close out this segment mm-hmm. is for the, the population as far as percentage on average. Uh, of the student number of students we're talking about usually in a school setting? Uh, oh, that's a hard question to answer. Yeah, um, yeah Bob, because it's it's going to be based on individual school districts right. um, to kind of to kind of determine how many of those students would identify. But the, the issue there is like our school districts really surveying students to kind of find out if those students identify with their population. Well, we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Michelle Rivers. She's the Assistant Superintendent for Human Resources, but more importantly, she's going to be helping lead professional development among our educators to help support the students who are, you know, going through some tough questions and tough times Mm -hmm. as far as uh, how they identify. But if you support them, then you can help support their mental health and also get them on the right path so that they succeed just like any other student. You're listening to the Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 1039 Ally News Radio and streaming live on the web at AllyNewsRadio.com. Check out our Facebook page, Spotlight on Long Island Schools. That's your place to suggest a program, club, or activity that your district is involved in and your school and your students may be the next one right here in our Spotlight. We'll be right back after this. We'd like to welcome you back to Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 103.9 LI News Radio. Catch us on that LI News Radio app so you can take us wherever you go to learn about important issues like we're talking about today. And that is professional development and helping support students in the LGBTQT plus community and also, you know, helping support the educators who are working with these students and, and want to support them and see them succeed. And listen, when you hear this sobering statistic that 41 percent attempt or have thought about attempting suicide, that raises an alarm that we've got to do better. we got to do something different because you know what? That statistic, Dr. Rivers, to me, just, you know, is unacceptable and heartbreaking and is the reason why 
the professional development that you and Easton Suffolk Boses are trying to spearhead for our schools across Suffolk County and Easton Suffolk County is so critically important. You know, we touched on it briefly in the uh-huh. first segment. You know, this is a political hot potato. We're not trying to shy away from that. There are very yeah. strong feelings on both sides of the issue. And, you know, schools are in the position that, well, it doesn't matter. The guidance is coming down from the state. We have to do something. And if you're in the business of caring deeply and passionately about kids, you have to address it because, again, 41% think there's no hope and the only hope is checking out. Let's dispel some of the myths mm-hmm. that we hear that were out there that have prevented schools from taking a small step forward. Yeah. So so one of the first myths that that um, that people really put out there is that we're, we're indoctrinating children and we're, we're teaching children how to become LGBTQ. Um, and that is the furthest from uh, the truth. This really is about inclusivity. It's really about acceptance. It's really about affirmation. Right. And so when you think about um, what people are putting out there, the American Academy of Child and Adolescent uh, psychiatry, um, they did a, a research study, right? And so they they talked about these common myths that and beliefs that people kind of put out there, especially when it comes to children that may come from a, a LGBTQ home or transgender parents. Children that come from LGBTQ homes are not more likely to be gay than children with heterosexual parents. Children that come from uh, LGBTQ homes are not more likely to be sexually abused. They do not show differences in whether they think of themselves as male or female. So that kind of speaks to that gender identity. They do not show differences in male and female behavior. So that's that gender role behavior that has been kind of indoctrinated in in us by society, but through a binary lens. And so if people look at this through the reverse lens, right? So when you think about heteronormativity, and when you think about LGBTQ and the the myths and the perceptions of certain roles, these roles have been indoctrinated into us by these societal norms that are through a heteronormative lens. And so men are supposed to be with women, you know, and, and that's that that whole binary construct. And so what the what LGBTQ folks are saying and defending this myth is saying, hey, we're not indoctrinating anyone because if we're indoctrinating people to be LGBTQ, then aren't you indoctrinating people to be heteronorm? And so that's the question that people need to uh, to ask themselves. Um, when, when you think about nearly one in three LGBTQ people said that their mental health was poor just based on all the anti-LGBTQ policies and legislations that are coming up. People just want to be, people just want to exist. And so um, the more that we raise the awareness, I think the more that we could dispel all the myths that are being put out there. Now, you're an assistant superintendent for human resources. You're uh-huh. also involved with the training of the teachers and uh-huh. teaching, you know, training, train the trainer, if you will. But from your perspective on the human resources side, right, uh-huh. you know, again, getting to the company operations when you're recruiting, retaining staff and and labor relations. Give us your perspective as to why all this really matters from how a 
organization operates. Yeah, so this is really this is really important work and the the human resources part of it for when this when this guidance first came out, I, I printed it out and met with um, my entire human resources department. So that's about 24 people. We sat, we met, we went over the guidance. I talked about hey, if if there are any staff that come to you and say that they want to go by a different name, these are the protocols. So we sh- we should not be turning people away. So I wanted to make them aware of this guidance. So just in case we have staff that may fall into this category, when it comes to job applications, we removed all of the binary language. We made the language on our job applications more inclusive. So, for example, if it said just male and female, now we have non-binary and other options that people can choose on there. We also allow uh, staff to select an affirm name. So do you have an affirm name? What are your pronouns, right? And also in our collective bargaining agreements, Bob, and our negotiations, we're removing all of those binary um, constructs from our collective bargaining agreements. Um, and so those those are different ways that through a human resources lens, uh, you could help make the environment more safe, more supportive for people that may not necessarily be out in the sense of LGBTQ, but they will feel a sense of affirmation when they look at a job application and say, oh, they have a firm name here. Oh, they have uh, non-binary listed here. And so we, we think that we're, we're making small steps that's going to get us to a big, a big reward. Jumping back over to the school side, the student mm-hmm. side, again, creating a culture and an environment that all students, mm-hmm. regardless, feel safe, nurtured. And welcoming. I guess some of the questions and some of the arguments or the concerns that you hear is when, you know, if schools are seeing this, right, because oftentimes schools are going to see behaviors or or things like this before family members, before parents. Absolutely. When when does parent involvement become the issue as far as making sure, again, being inclusive to help support the student? How do you navigate those waters when it comes up to because that's that's another one of those things that are out there, you know, yeah, yeah. keep the parents in the dark. Talk to us from your perspective about parental involvement. Yeah, so uh, from my from my perspective, I, I believe until only the 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 student has made it unequivocally clear um, that they want their parents involved in those conversations. Should we involve the parents? Now, the the guidance is clear. The guidance states that if if a child wants to use an affirmed name or pronouns, that's not something that you need to get uh, permission for. You know, I'm I'm working on an article right now for Onboard that's going to really be talking about this. And one of the one of the things I'm kind of opening up with is this story where I got a I got a call one day, Bob, from a from a parent. This parent was really upset because the parent got a call from a social worker at, at her child's school and asked permission to use for her for this child to use pronouns, a different pronoun and a different firm name. Okay. And this parent is is saying to me, Dr. Rivers, if my husband had gotten this call, we would be having a totally different conversation. Because not her husband didn't know that their child was using different pronouns and an affirmed name in the school environment. And so when we when we do those types of things, we are 
putting children at risk. We are harming children. And so while parents are, are the parents of these children, sometimes they don't understand what a child is feeling when it comes to their gender identity or expression. And so it's best to leave them out of it, out of the scenario, unless the child gives you unequivocal clearance to do so because we could be sending children home uh, to dangerous situations and and that's not good. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a very healthy point that people need to realize you don't know what is going on in the home environment mm-hmm. and you may be making it worse when you're trying to support and thinking you may be making it better. Dr. Rivers, I want to thank you for your work. I want to thank you for the conversation on, you know, what is a heady topic and an uncomfortable topic for a lot of mm-hmm. folks, but hopefully it becomes more comfortable and more of a safe environment for all students so that that statistic of 41% goes way, way down and we do a better job. And we have to do a better job with our mental health system in general, especially in this area. But students of all uh, situations are dealing with mental health crises that we haven't seen ever. Yes. We need, we need to do a better job with our system. So I appreciate you taking the time out. I wish you all the best with the work that you are doing and hats off to you. And Hopefully it's embraced and it becomes embedded and we can gather maybe a year or two from now and say, hey, look, look at where we've come. So thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 103.9 LI News Radio. Catch us on uh, the LI News Radio app. And again, go to our Facebook page, Spotlight on Long Island Schools. That is your place to suggest a program club or activity that your district is involved in. Or maybe you're taking up a unique initiative that you want the world to know about. Well, go there. Tell us about it. And your district may be the next one in our spotlight. Thanks for tuning in each and every week. Have a good time and a safe time. And until we talk again, be well, stay well, and treat each other with kindness. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.